Hey guys, Pastor Bear here. Welcome to the podcast for Real Church. We meet every Sunday at 11.15 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sherpsburg. You can also check us out online at www.realchurchcoweta.com or jump on Facebook at Real Church Coweta. I hope you enjoy this week's message. Before I begin, I always like to uh, recognize this because some preachers, not me, uh, but some preachers, uh, take other people's stuff and don't give them credit. (laughs) And so uh, while researching this week, I came across some really good material. And while I can't tell you the person's name, uh, some of the material I'm going to be talking to you about today actually came from them and not me. Uh, Some of them, not all of it. Uh, I always like to do my own stuff and let Holy Spirit but uh, uh, guide me. But this week, uh, in researching this, um, I came across some really good material that I thought was too valuable uh, to pass up. And so a few of the points that I'm going to make today are, are while they are put in my own language and my own, uh, um, my own uh, way, they are not um, my own. So I want to make sure you know that uh, before we get started. I don't want to steal anything from anyone. I don't want to be that guy. Listen, we've been going through James. And uh, we've been going through the book of James. The first thing we talked about in James is in chapter 1, and it talked about faith and endurance. And the next thing we talked about was godly wisdom. And last week, what we talked about was the sin that entices us. And we talked about how that sin, that sin can pull us, but that God is not the one that's tempting us. And most of the time, what we find out is, is is that sin is actually having some kind of, it's providing some kind of benefit in our life which is why we're doing it. It's covering up for something else. There's something deeper going on. And we talked about that. And if you've missed those sermons, you can grab our podcast or you can go online. Uh, You can even hit my Facebook page up. They should be on there live. You can check those out. Today, though, we're going to talk about something that's so relevant for today. And I mean actually today, not this time period, but today. It's so relevant because the last couple of weeks have been really crazy in our country, haven't they? They've been kind of crazy in our country. What I've found, what I've found, and I say this a lot, what I've found a lot of times is uh, while I do believe that Christians need to be in the political realm, I do believe that. I think they need to be very careful because what I've found is, is when you take a Christian and a politician and mix them together, you get a politician. Uh, that's what I've found. And so we have to be very careful of what we say, how we represent ourselves, and how we react or act to certain situations. But these last couple of weeks have been really crazy uh, on the news cycle and the news media. Now, let me tell you something about me. I'm very passionate about the direction our country is going. I'm a historian. I love looking back, and I love teaching history. That's what I did, actually, for a time. I taught history. I, have a, I am certified to teach history in Tennessee and Georgia. I absolutely love it. I love all the different trends. I love politics, if I'm being honest with you. I love listening and, and, and figuring out things and trying to see how this will affect this or that. I am very passionate about that, but I have to be honest with you. A lot of times I find myself getting sucked in to the news cycle. I find myself getting sucked in to what's going on, and I find myself becoming very angry. I'm sure I'm the only one here that has that situation. I'm sure none of you have done that, but I find myself 
becoming angry. And so I get sucked in. And so what I start doing is, and I, don't, I know, uh, I, you know, it's really amazing. I love these devices that we have called cell phones. I do. And I love what they can do. They can deliver scriptures, sermons. They can deliver great music. They can deliver all kinds of stuff. But a lot of times what, we, what I do is, is I kind of get sucked in. And when I get sucked in, I'll start going on Twitter a little too much. And I'll start going on Instagram a little too much. And I'll start going on Facebook a little too much. And I'll start watching Fox News a little too much. And I'll start, start watching CNN a little too much. I don't even look at MSNBC. I know that's a bad thing. But I, I do. I, I start watching those things um, way too much. And what happens is, is my attitude when I start doing that and I get sucked in and I get pulled into that, my attitude gets to be really, really bad. It really does. I've noticed that. Now, the good thing is, is that God gave me um, a thermometer on my attitude, whether it's good or bad, a pulse. That pulse's name is Wendy Williams. That's my wife, okay? And I, uh, this uh, last Sunday, uh, when I went home, um, I was talking to her, and I said, you know, my attitude's been really bad the last couple of weeks watching all this stuff. And she did what she always does. She, did, she was very quiet for a second. And then she said, yeah, it is. <laughs> and I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm, uh, I'm not going to watch the news for a while. I'm going to take four or five days off. I'm going to take four or five days off Twitter. I'm going to take four or five days. Yeah, I have to post some things, honestly, for the church on Facebook and stuff, so I'll throw something on there and then get off is what I did. I didn't read any comments or posts. I didn't do any of those kind of things. I kind of jumped off for the most part. It wasn't 100%, but it was a good 90%. And I decided to get off that because my attitude had gotten really, really bad. And then all of a sudden, I started researching for this sermon, and I felt like God was laughing at me. Uh, and I hope you don't feel the same way today. I actually was going to try to find somebody with crutches, and I was going to actually use crutches to get up here because God stepped on my toes so much this week preparing for this sermon. My toes are hurting right now. I wear flip-flops a lot. I wish I'd have had steel-toed boots on this week because my toes were stepped on a lot in this sermon. My attitude was bad, and it was very, uh, it was very obvious to me. And so what I did is, is I did what I've encouraged you to do oftentimes, is I fasted. I fasted from social media, and I fasted from the news cycle for three or four days. And at first it was hard, and then it got kind of fun. All right, I'm just going to be honest with you. Um, I did. I fasted from it. And I could tell immediately, within a day or two, that my attitude started changing. It started changing. And so... And then I started preparing for this sermon, and I was like, wow, God, you have a, a great sense of humor. <laughs> you really do. You have a great sense of humor for me. You teach me so much every day, and you have a great sense of humor. I hope he teaches you the same thing he's taught me this week. I hope he has. I hope today you get taught the same thing that I got taught. Let's take a look at the text in James chapter 1. James chapter 1, verses 19 to 27 say this. And as you know, I've gotten to the age now where I have to wear glasses when I read because I can't see the back as good. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. Now here it is. Okay, here's the first part. Here it is. Immediately when I read this, I knew God was speaking. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts for it has the power, it has the power to save 
your souls. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. <coughs> Otherwise, you are only fooling yourself. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you. He will bless you. He will bless you for doing it. And then it goes a different direction a little bit, it would seem, but it really doesn't. If you claim to be religious, but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourselves, and your religion is worthless. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God. The Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress, and refusing to let the world corrupt you. We have become a society we have become a society that is slow to listen, quick to speak, and quick to become angry. We are. We are a society of people that are slow to listen, quick to speak, and quick to become angry. We've forgotten what decency looks like. We've forgotten what kindness looks like. We disagree, but we do it in vile ways. Now, let me tell you guys something. I know for some of you guys, you may be thinking this. You may be thinking, man, it has gotten so bad in society. Society is so awful. It's never been this bad in society. Can I tell you something? It's always been this bad in society. People have always, they've always been this way. Here's the difference. They never had a platform to do it on until the last five or six or seven years. Society's always been this way. Even all the way back, if they'd have had Twitter and Facebook and Instagram back in Jesus' day, they'd have been doing the same exact things that they're doing right now today. They would. They would do the same things, the same exact things that they're doing today. It's always been this bad. We've always needed Christ more than we ever have, all the way back to the beginning of time. It's always been that way, and I want to tell you something. How we respond to that, how we react to that, what we allow ourselves to be dragged away and enticed by, like we talked about last week, that will make the difference for how you live your life, and here it is, and how, whether or not, whether or not you will become that which Christ had in mind, that God had in mind when he created you. Are you going to become who God had in mind when he created you? Unless you decide to do like, like I did. Unless you decide to do what the scripture says when it says this. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. I'm going to go ahead and go right into my first point, and it's this. There's signs of a follower of Christ. And the first one is your conversation. Your conversation James 1.26 says, if you claim to be religious but don't control your tongue, you're only fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. Your, your conversation. Control, I don't know if you guys know what that word control is. When it says control there, you know what it means. Now, I'm not, I've never really, I've ridden a horse a couple of times, but I'm not really you know, keen on that. But if you know, you know the bit that they put in a horse's mouth that uses control it? That's what that word means. It literally means that word. To control which direction your life goes. If you don't control your tongue, that's what it means. The truth of the matter is, is some people talk too much. And the honesty of me is that I'm probably one of them a lot. 
Some people talk too much. Proverbs 10.19 says this. I think we have that up there. It says, too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible, and I love this, and keep your mouth shut. How about that? How about that for Jesus right there? How about God just saying that? Too much talk, too much talk leads to sin. You know it's true, don't you? You do. Deep down in your soul, deep down in your heart, you know it's true. You and I both know that that's true. You and I both know that when we get in a situation and we start talking and we start talking and we start talking and we start talking and we start talking, listen, sin is right around the corner, especially if it's something that we feel passionate about, especially if it's something that that maybe someone else disagrees with us with, especially on and on and on and on and on. Where there's a lot of words, sin is very near by. Here's a sign of an unbridled tongue. Here are signs of an unbridled tongue. The first one is this, racial or ethnic insults. If you, if you use racial or ethnic insults, you have an unbridled tongue. You do. I told you it was going to step on your toes today. I told you mine are hurting too, all right? I had to put ice on mine on Friday. I'm telling you, this message stepped on my toes. If you tell off-color jokes... You have an unbridled tongue. If you put down your spouse or your kids to other people, you have an unbridled tongue. If you put down your friends who are really your friends just when they're around and they're not when they're not, if you put them down, you have an unbridled tongue. If you make threat to others, you have an unbridled tongue. If you take cheap shots at other people to make yourself look better, you have an unbridled tongue. If you resort to yelling and screaming, you have an unbridled tongue. If you talk more than you listen, chances are you have an unbridled tongue. If you resort to angry outbursts on a regular basis, chances are you have an unbridled tongue. If you use foul language like it's a normal word, chances are you have an unbridled tongue. Here's what Proverbs 18.21 says. Death and life. Okay, the tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Can I tell you something? Can I tell you that having a wife that's a counselor, I know this for a fact, counseling offices are full of people. Their couches and their chairs are full of people who are there because other people in their lives did not know when to be quiet. They said things to them. They said hurtful things to them. They said things out of anger. They said things out of frustration. And they labeled them something that now a counselor is having to open up and go through with them so that they can live a life and they can realize who God made them to be. Counseling offices are absolutely filled with people who've been a victim of others' words and others' put down. I want to tell you something that's going to blow your mind. I wish I'd have had him put the numbers up there, but if you want to see something amazing, I want you to listen to this. The average person talks, says 16,000 words a day. Now, let me be honest with you. 
about 20 to 25,000 of those are women, and about seven to 8,000 are men, and they meet in the middle at about 16,000, and that's just, that's facts. That's not, that's the truth. 16,000 words per day. That is a 64-page book. You hear me? That's a 64-page book. You speak on a regular basis a 64-page book every day. Now, some of you speak a 10-page book, and your spouses speak a 120-page book, okay? All right, Shelly and Mike Parrott, y'all do that. Okay, I love you, girl. I knew I could say it. Listen, some of you, some of you do that, all right? Some of you do, okay? That's just the facts. That's just the facts. I think Wendy and I combine about 200 pages, to be honest with you, total, because we both talk a lot. But listen, 1,600 words, 64 pages. By the end of the week, you will have spoken a 450-page book. Think about that for a second. 450-page book. Some of you guys will have spoken Gone with the Wind, all right? <clears throat> but most of us will have spoken a 450-page book. In one year, you will have spoken 5,700 and 60,000 words. 5,760,000 words. And in your lifetime, you will have spoken, on average, 403 million words if you live to the age of 75. 403 million words. To put that in perspective, that is for all of us old people that used to have the people knock on our doors and try to sell us the Encyclopedia Britannica. That is 44 volumes of the Encyclopedia Britannica times nine. All 44 volumes times nine. Do you think you have an opportunity to bring blessings or curses on people? Do you think your tongue plays a huge part of who you are? Do you think that it's an important thing for God to help get under control? Do you think it's something that maybe you need to address? Do you think it's something, and I want to tell you something, I'm not just talking about spoken word. I'm talking about when you get on social media, all right? Can I tell you something? When I get on social media sometimes, I have a lot of stuff to say. I told Wendy the other day, I was like, you know what I need to do? I need to create, I don't know, I think, I don't know, I don't know if they're called ghost accounts or what they're called, but I need to create one of those accounts where nobody knows who I am and just go off. You know what I mean? I mean, I've got a lot of opinions I'd like to spew. I really do. I've got a lot of stuff. And I'm going to tell you something. That old preacher label right across my forehead, that has kept me out of trouble a lot of days. It really has. It has kept me out of trouble a lot of days because I have to think, wait a minute, I'm the pastor of a church. I can't say that to that person. God knows he's an idiot, and I know he's an idiot, but I don't need to tell him that. You know what I mean? I don't need to tell him that. That's the way I think. And you know what? If you're being honest, that's the way you think too. It really is. But a lot of us, a lot of us feel like that if we don't get our point made, if we don't get our point out there, if we don't get our point across, that somehow we're not being heard. And that's just simply not true. Can I tell you something? Whenever you gave your life over to Christ, and this is something I had to hear this week from God himself, whenever I gave my life over to Christ, I died to myself. That wanting to say something at all times and constantly 
hitting that back. Can I tell you something? That's my old self. That's not who Christ wants me to be. Christ wants me to be a figurehead for him. He wants me to be a representative for him. He wants me to show who he is. He doesn't want to show. He doesn't. I'll be honest with you. God loves me, and he wants to use my personality. He wants to use my traits. He wants to use these things, but all of them he wants to use for his glory, not so that I can feel better about myself, but God so I told a Democrat or a Republican why they're wrong. He doesn't want to use any of that. He doesn't. As a matter of fact, you literally have to set Christ aside in order to do those things. When you're speaking to people, when you're talking to people. I've told you this before and I'll tell you again. And sometimes I even get into it too. If you get on social media, if you read an article in the newsline, don't read the comments. The comments are the gutter of society. I kid you not. They are the gutter of society. Don't read the comment section. When you go on Twitter, if you, and look, I'm not saying Twitter's bad. Twitter can be used in great ways. I love getting information. And once again, I want to remind you, I love, I love America, and I love politics, and I love engaging in history, and I love those things. And I'm passionate about those things. But I'm going to tell you something, man. If you click, if you click that little expand button on Twitter and it pops on what everybody else has responded with, I promise you, you will live a miserable life and you will have a miserable day, and you will walk around angry and ticked off at everybody. And that's not the life that God wants you to have. Your conversation shows if you're a follower of Christ. The next thing is your compassion. James 1.27 says this. It says, pure and genuine religion is in the sight of God. The Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing uh, to let the world corrupt you. I want you to hear this. Your walk should move, be moved to action. It's not just about words. Your walk should be moved to action. I want to tell you this. If all you do is come here on Sunday morning and you go back and you work during the week and you come back here on Sunday morning, I want to tell you something. Your walk with Christ is worthless. It's worthless from what James says. James says that your walk should be turned to action. Your walk should be turned to action. And those actions should, pay, should help people. They should help the people that can't repay you. They should help the people that, don't, that you don't want anything in return from. They should help those people. Who are the widows and orphans? In that day, it was very clear who the widows and orphans were. They had special rights and special privileges. They did, and people took care of those widows and orphans, the people that were truly followers of Jesus did. They really did. But who are the widows and orphans today? They are the people that have lost spouses. They are. That's who they are. They're the people that, that, are, that, are, that have lost spouses. They're single moms who are struggling to raise their kids. That is the widows and orphans of our day. Who else? They are foster parents who have decided to open up their homes and to let people come in and live with them, and they're struggling. I, I shared this before. I have a, close, a student of mine who I'm really close to who is very, very sweet. She's the sweetest girl. She currently has, she, she opened up her home, changed her whole home, her whole life, and she opened up her home to two foster kids. And this is the third or fourth or fifth set of foster kids she's had. Can I tell you something? She is the widow and the orphan that we should be helping. It's exactly who it is. Who else? Those that adopt children. The lady I subbed for this week here at Central, she's adopting a child from Haiti. And while she may not need our financial support, she surely, she surely needs our love and compassion. She needs us to go by there and say, hey, let me, let me watch your kids for a while where you and your husband can go on a date. That's the widows and orphans that I'm talking about. Who else? The unborn. The unborn in this country that are being aborted at record rates constantly. They are the ones that need a voice and we are to be that voice. Who else? The person that you disagree with 100% politically yet they need your help. They need your help. That's who 
are the widows and orphans. It's easy to help people that we agree with. It's easy to help people that we think are doing the right thing. It's much more difficult for us to help people that we think are doing the wrong thing or we disagree with politically or socially. It's real easy to do that. It's real difficult to do the other, though. Who else? Probably that person that you've spoken about where you say, why can't they just get a job, man? Why can't they just get a job? Why, why, why can't they just get a job? I mean, come on. Why do they constantly, why can't they just get a job? Probably that person is who he's talking about when he says widows and orphans. That's who are the widows and orphans of our day. And James is saying this. James is saying we are to be people of action, not people of coming and sitting and going home and feeling good and going out and grabbing lunch and going back. Every day, every week, we're to be people of action. And in order to have that action, you have to have spiritual eyes. Opportunities will come by all the time for you. You'll constantly have opportunities, and you'll have spiritual opportunities that will come along, and you have to be willing and open to them. Can I tell you something? If you're too busy in your day with your job, if you're too busy in your own life, if you're too busy constantly focusing on yourself, I want to encourage you in something. If you're too busy to do that, you're going to miss opportunities to help other people. You are. You have to be intentional about it. As intentional as it is of brushing your teeth in the morning and getting your kids ready and going to work and doing a budget and on and on, you have to be intentional about this area of your life of helping other people. Here's the crazy thing. When you go and when you help other people, you know what ends up happening? You get more blessed than they do. You do. You think, man, you know, they're really getting blessed. And you walk away and after that, I don't know how he does it. It's opposite world, but you get more blessed than they do. It's an amazing, it's an amazing thing that God, God's economy is absolutely mind-blowing, where you give out and you keep getting back more, but it's in different ways, and it's in exact same ways that you need it, right where you needed it, right in that time. It's an amazing thing. It doesn't go with what society says. Society says reach and grab and pull and try to get more and more and more and more and more and more. God says, no, don't do that. Don't do that. You give and you serve, and I'll take care of you. I'll take care of you physically. I'll take care of you financially. I'll take care of you emotionally, and I'll take care of you spiritually. That's exactly what God does for us. The final thing is this. And I'll close with this. Your character. Your character. You know you're a follower of Christ when you look at your character. I love what the last chapter of chapter 1 says. It says, refuse to let the world corrupt you. Refuse to let the world corrupt you. Refuse to let the world corrupt you. I told you guys a couple of weeks ago that there are opportune times that come along for Satan. And those are the times whenever God will show you a way out. He says it in Scripture that if you will be open, if you will look, if you will have your spiritual eyes on, if you will ask God, God, show me a way out, he will show you a way out. And you will not fall in to that sin. Can I tell you something? Your character is no different. You have to refuse to let the world corrupt you. I want you to understand something, okay? For those of you that are my age and older, I want you to consider something. We have never, ever, ever, in all, when I was growing up, I'm not going to lie to you guys, I had one TV, and it was th- about 13 inches. We had, now we did have, we did have the big console TV that was 25 inches that I thought was huge. It wasn't, back, but it, I thought it was huge. They, they had $500 worth of wood around the TV. Are you with me? Are y'all jiving me with this? It weighed 7,000 pounds, all right? 
four movers had to bring it in on a truckloader, okay, to get the TV in our house. I'm telling you, it was a massive thing. And that TV worked for a while, and then it broke, and we put a 13-inch black and white on top of it. Are you with me? It ended up, I know you too, right? It, all, it started out where the, the handle broke, and then we put a pair of vice grips in the, in the thing where we could turn the channel. We had three channels, all right, and we had Telemundo, which is always on, even if you don't have a hookup, Telemundo is going to be clear as a bell. All right, that's how it is. That's how it is, man. And so we had three channels, and we honestly, we had PBS and then the other three channels. ABC, NBC, and CBS is what we had, all right? And, and, and my dad and we would sit there, and we would watch the news, and, and someone would come on the news, and they would talk for a while. It was 30 minutes, and then it was gone. And then we would watch Happy Days. We would watch Laverne and Shirley. I know I'm showing my age. We would watch all those shows at night. And then around 9.30 or so, I'd go to bed, and I'd get up the next day. Well, I want you to understand something. Now, today, even though this stuff was always going on, now, today... There's a 24-hour news cycle, and all they do, I don't know if you guys have picked up on this, all they do in every show for every news cycle for 24 hours is repeat the same thing over and 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 over again. That's what they do. They repeat the same thing. You know what that's doing? That's just reinforcing. And if you sit around and you watch that all day, every day, you will live a miserable life. You will. Because, it, you know, when, when something, even when something is good news after a while, you're like, all right, I get it, bro. I get it. All right, I got it. But bad news over and over, and all they do is bring on a different talking head every hour to say the same thing in a different way. That's all they do. And they, what they end up doing is they end up gathering four or five people that agree with them, and one poor schmuck over here that's going to get lambasted. You guys know I'm telling the truth. And then they all talk about how awesome it is, and then they get on this guy or this lady, whatever she is, some talking head they've gotten from some university. And then, then they, the next show comes on, and it's the same exact thing over and over again. Can I tell you something? Don't feed into all that. I'm not saying don't be up on the news. I'm not even saying don't be politically involved. I think you need to be. I think it's a Christian's responsibility to be. What I don't think it is is I don't think you get sucked into that and allow it to affect your whole life, allow it to affect how you talk, allow it to affect how you treat other people. Can I tell you something? Way back when, and I'm going to be dead honest with you, I didn't like Democrats. I didn't. If you're a Democrat in here, I love you now, but I didn't like you back then. I was 20 or 21 years old, and I thought, well, they're, they're the enemy, they're this, they're that. And you know the craziest thing happened? I met a Democrat, and I liked him. And I didn't know whether to repent or, or praise Jesus, but I did. I liked him. And I started talking to them, and we disagreed about everything. We did. I'm telling you, we couldn't disagree with more. But I liked him, and I became friends with him and more and more, and then other independent political parties and all kinds of other parties. I mean, I, I met all these different people, and I was like, wow, you know, we're all kind of the same. We really are. Yeah, we may, we may espouse to one thing or another, but when it all comes down to it, when it all comes down to it, we are all lost people in need of a Savior. We are. We can live. I saw the coolest commercial this week. I don't know if you guys have seen this. The marketing people at Chick-fil-A are brilliant. Let me just say that. They're brilliant. You know what they did? They set up a table on a street, and they chose people randomly as they're walking by from different areas, and they all sat down at the table. There was Hispanic, black, white, uh, you know, Christian, non-Christian, the whole thing. They all sat down at a table, and they had dinner together, sitting there, on a street, and they started talking, and the walls came down, and they started interacting, 
And what the commercial showed was this. We're a lot more alike than we are different. And we all, what I saw in the commercial, is we all are running the same race. We all are in need of a savior. We all find ourselves disconnected from God and we need the bridge that Jesus provides to walk over and embrace a heavenly father. And that's all he's ever wanted from us. And that's all he wants from you. And that's all he wants from me. You can disagree with people. You can. But don't let it get down in your spirit. Don't look at people. Don't label people by what's after their name, whether it's D-R or I. Don't do that. Don't label people in that way. I can assure you of one thing. Jesus is not labeling them. And your whole role is to follow him. And that's the message that God gave me this week. And I've struggled with it, just like I'm sure you're going to struggle with it too. But we can struggle with it together. And together we can build each other up and be who Christ wants us to be. And continue to become who it is that God had in mind whenever he created us. James 1 says that we need to be slow to speak, quick to listen, and slow to become angry. Today, before you sit down in front of your computer, why don't you remember that? Today, before you, or tomorrow when you go to work, why don't you remember that? Remember that. I promise you, like the scripture says in James, he'll bless you for it. Let me pray for you. Lord, your word, oftentimes, Lord, is a hard pill to swallow. And these practical sermons that James brings about, while they're simple, they are difficult. Lord, my prayer is, is that you would allow us to listen and to walk out what it is that you've called us to do. It's so difficult not going with the flow. It's so difficult going against the grain. It's so difficult not doing what everybody else is doing. It's so difficult not to spout our opinions. It is so difficult, and I've failed so many times. It's so difficult not to want to just mouth off. It makes you feel so good momentarily. But Lord, that doesn't need, that doesn't lead to holiness. It doesn't lead to life. your, Your word says in Proverbs that it leads to death. It leads to sin where there's many, many words. Sin is sure to follow. Let us be people that are, that are cautious with our words and let us be people that, um, God, that look to you first and run it through your filter before we hit send. Run it through your filter before we engage in that difficult coworker or the lady working at, at Publix or the person driving next to us. Continue to mold and shape and guide us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand up and let's worship. Thank you for listening to the podcast of Real Church Coweta. If you have any questions or if you would like to contact us at Real Church, please go to our website at www.realchurchcoweta.com and click on the Contact Us tab. We invite you to join us on Sunday at 1115 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. 
Also, check out our website or Facebook page for directions. Until next time, God bless, and remember to love God, love others, and live real.